Welcome to the Third Growth Option Podcast, where we talk with business leaders and innovators hungry to drive growth that can be faster than internal organic growth and less risky than acquisition. Your moderator is Bernal Dunkerspuler, Chief Sherpa and CEO at Realign, who has led private equity-owned distributors through turnarounds and growth. With battle-proven leaders from all frontiers, we want to provoke thinking about business growth beyond conventional wisdom and binary choices. Hey, I'm Benno, your host, and today we are in for a treat talking and speaking with uh, Steve Malink, a Cincinnati business owner and CEO, a national clean energy expert, and a self-avowed political conservative, which sadly to say these days is somewhat contradictory to being also a clean energy proponent, and we'll, we'll talk about that. Steve, you authored Fusion Capitalism, a clean energy version for conservatives. Say hi to our listeners. Well, hello, Benno, and hello to anyone listening. Steve, you are an engineer by training with an undergrad from Van- Vanderbilt, MBA from Duke University. You founded and are CEO of Melink Corporation, a pioneer and leader in energy efficiency and renewable energy solutions for the last uh, three decades, you want clean energy to transform the world by improving our economy, security, environment for ourselves, our kids and grandkids, and your dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Shows us that that you have a heart, right? (laughs) That's right. Absolutely. Your company employs over 100 people, and you also find time to write several other books about leadership. But let's talk about clean energy. Why clean energy? And is that sort of your why, your purpose? It definitely is my why. I didn't spring out of bed one day and that just happened to be my why. It was an evolution of my development as a person, as a professional over the last 30 years. You know, I went through the school of hard knocks in corporate America and decided to start my own business thinking there had to be a better way to run a company and started off in providing HVAC, heating, ventilation, air conditioning, testing services for uh, national accounts, uh, started up with restaurant chains like Wendy's, and that evolved into a new line of business. We got into the energy saving controls business. And so, you know, over time, I, you know, saw myself as being a energy efficiency business. And the story is that, you know, I went to a building conference, a green building conference, and that's where I got some religion, if you will, about the need to make the building industry more sustainable. And, you know, learning about the lead leadership, energy and environmental design, uh, it's a rating system for buildings. And um, that just put us on a, on a journey, so to speak, that we've been on ever since then for the last 15 years. So, you know, it's been ever more clear in the last 10 years that clean energy is what we need to make the world, you know, a safer, healthier, more prosperous place for future generations. You mentioned your dad in a previous conversation uh you called him part of the greatest generation that fought in world war ii and 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 then you said you know this this is my war this clean energy um was it your upbringing or was it a mentor what made you 
become the sort of fierce leader in that arena? Well, yeah, my dad was, you know, he was probably my most influential person in my life. And, you know, he grew up in the time of the Great Depression, uh, served in World War II, raised a large family of nine kids, and brought all of us up to be, well, hopefully upstanding citizens of America and the world. And, you know, sometimes I cringe today at the indifference that I sense in so many people today, not maybe willing to make the sacrifices that our fathers and forefathers had to make to, you know, make this country what it is today. So, yeah, I, I, I want to be a torchbearer, if you can imagine that, I guess, for, you know, to carry on from what my, my dad did to make the world a better place. So, yeah, I th you know, I think climate change is equivalent to a, a world war. In fact, it could be the the biggest world war ever if we don't solve the problem. And so of all the knowledge and skills that I have to bring to bear to make this world a better place, I think it's best suited in that area rather than trying to solve problems like war, disease, poverty, etc. Because if we don't deal with it, can bring all those other issues of war disease, right? Yes. And and because I've got the background that I do, I'm, you know, I'm that engineer and I've been building this energy efficiency business that has grown into renewable energy businesses that, gosh, of, of all the things that I can do, it's really in the in the the arena of clean energy. So why isn't clean energy a I mean a bipartisan issue? It should be an apple pie and motherhood issue that that we can all agree on, but somehow the Republican Party is denying it, denying climate change, leaving the Paris Climate Accord. What do you think is the calculus there? I think it's a fairly recent phenomenon going back to maybe just the year 2000. Prior to that, you know, it was in the 70s and 80s that uh, mostly Republican administrations helped solve some of the problems that we were having relating to smog and acid rain, the ozone hole, and, you know, the Clean Air and Water Acts were uh, passed into law. And there was nothing about my upbringing as a child in this large conservative family that made me think, well, we have to be wasteful. It was just the opposite. I mean, we had to save and conserve not only our financial resources, but, you know, every aspect was, you know, uh, there, we just grew up with a, uh, just that conservative ethic. And I don't think that really changed until 2000 uh, when Bush v. Gore happened and Gore lost and then went on to become a spokesperson on climate change. And I, I think just that that bitter contest between those two individuals morphed into kind of a political thing. And when Barack Obama was elected in 2008, you know, it was amplified because now, of course, conservatives had to oppose anything the, the other party was promoting. And so it was just a kind of a ridiculous, reflexive muscle that said, you know, let's oppose this and let's stick with fossil fuels. They've made us great so far. Let's, you know, it, it's the energy source of the future kind of a thing. But, you know, hopefully that mindset is changing. It certainly is changing with the younger generation of conservatives. And so I think 
woe unto the older generation who, you know, kind of sticking to past dogma, and again, relatively recent past dogma, and rise above the politics. I mean, you know, clean energy, there's so many things that are consistent with, you know, conservative thinking. You know, let's start with innovation and opportunities to advance oneself and to advance our country and become a leader in, in, in manufacturing and exporting these solutions to the world, you know, not enriching our enemies and the terrorists who use oil to finance their evil doings, making our air and water healthier for not only us, but future generations. I mean, conservatives are pro-life. And what is so pro-life about, you know, making our planet uninhabitable over the long term? That's just some of my thinking about past politics of it, but the need to change that narrative. And that's what I'm trying to do. So one of the sort of American rules of business engagement is never talk about religion or politics. <laughs> and you said you attended a conference in 2004 that got you religion. I know you didn't mean that in a, in a, mm -hmm, sure. in a literal religious way, yeah. but, mm -hmm. uh, and, and here we're talking about politics. So you, you're taking a personal stand on a political issue, on a politically charged issue. Would you say that taking a stand has inhibited your company's growth or fueled it? Well, it, is, it has definitely fueled it. And I, I will say that I don't view it as a political stance. I think other people may interpret it that way. But for me, it's, it's about science. And being an engineer, I'm all about science and data and actual evidence. And we're seeing that more and more every year. And, you know, this year has been a record breaker in both the wildfires on the West Coast and the storms and hurricanes uh, more to the East Coast. But it, it has it has fueled our business because we have a why more than ever before. And that why helps us attract and retain people who also have a why that is 100% aligned with ours. And nothing is more important than attracting and retaining people who believe in what you're doing and carry that personal why with them. And, you know, when they wake up every morning, it's not about, well, I have to sell more widgets today. Instead, it's, I have a purpose today. I want to make, a, you know, this world a better place for my children. And it, it's all so much more empowering as a reason to go to work and to love your work. You know, and, and another thing I often say is that that culminates in what I call the HR and PR benefits, the human relations and public relations benefits. That is, we are able to attract and retain better talent, and that better talent is more engaged, more productive. The biggest line item on any P&L of a business is employee wages. And if you can improve the productivity of that big number by, you know, as little as two or three or five percent, that dwarfs the energy savings benefits that you might be getting from any investments that, you know, we've been making in our company. And the same thing with the uh, PR, you know, we're able to attract customers that we previously were not able to attract. Companies that now see us as being purpose-driven and because of that, we, we deliver excellence in a way that we did not before. So those benefits are strategic and far more valuable than the relatively tactical benefits of the energy savings that we've garnered from investing in 
you know, LED lights and geothermal heating, cooling and solar PV, for example. And tell me about a few things that you have done inside your company and to sort of walk the walk and not just talk the talk. I'm thinking uh, your fleet of cars or trucks, you've switched from gasoline. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have our our first uh, headquarters is lead gold certified new construction. Then over time, we improved it to, to lead platinum existing building. Then we improved it to net zero energy. And then we thought, well, we can't stop there. You know, people are driving to work every day and our technicians are driving all across the country, going to job sites. So, you know, we decided to, you know, invest in a fleet of hybrid vehicles initially, but now more and more that's becoming electric vehicles. Then in the the last year, we built our second headquarters building, which is it's taken that first building to a whole new level. And uh, we also had the secondary goal of showing, wanting to show the world that anyone can do this because it's affordable, that, you know, you don't have to pay an extraordinary premium to achieve this lofty goal of being net zero energy. We were able to do it at a uh, cost premium of less than 10%. So if it costs, you know, 10% or less over and above a conventional building, why isn't everybody doing this? You know, you said earlier that attending a conference in 2004, really changed your thinking about clean energy and sort of, you know, got you very passionate about the subject. Since that moment, since you have embarked on the journey of converting your own business or or making your own business very purpose-driven and, you know, writing a book on clean energy, fusion capitalism, clean energy vision, what's been your biggest difficulty fighting the good fight, as it were? Probably the biggest difficulty has been the politics of it. You know, the matter of climate change, which is my my core, you know, motivator to solve, you know, engineers like to solve problems. And it's, you know, we, we need to help rise above the politics of it. And, and just like this pandemic, you know, it's, it's a matter of science, how we address the problem. Let's treat it for what it is, and let's approach it in a logical way that, you know, where we not only solve the problem, but, you know, the, the, the really good news is that the opportunities are even greater than the solving the problem itself. And what are those opportunities? Well, we can grow our economy. We can create millions of jobs by transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy, you know, with coal jobs and others in the fossil fuel extraction business to many more jobs in engineering and installing solar farms, wind farms, electric cars. It's a fantastic opportunity and one that I often call the greatest opportunity of the 21st century. I mean, transitioning from fossil fuels to clean energy over the next 10, 20 years it's going to be even greater than if you remember in the 80s, the computer revolution, how it just so dramatically changed our lives. So there's the economic benefits, there's the health benefits by not putting all this stuff in the air. Our air will get cleaner, fewer children will have asthma like my children had, and fewer elderly will be suffering from respiratory diseases. And then, gosh, what about the national security benefits? By not propping up the price of oil like we are as any country that 
buys oil on the, on the global market, you are in effect propping the price of it up because more demand creates higher prices. So imagine if we were to drastically reduce demand, the price of that oil would come down and there would be less of a means for our enemies to finance their war on, on us and, you know, others. So anyway, there, you know, and, and if we can mitigate the risks relative to climate change and, and not have to build seawalls around our coastline cities and incur as many crazy wildfires and hurricanes, I mean, to me, that's those are paybacks that, you know, more than pay back the cost of us investing in this clean economy of the future. I love how, you know, I, I asked you about the, you know, politics and religion and, you know, we shouldn't talk about that and has it. But, and then you simply said, it's not a political issue. It's science, right? And then when I asked you, what's been your biggest difficulty fighting this good fight? And you said, well, politics, because people see it one way, even though you and I and our, many of our listeners might see it another way. But, but I think what I'm hearing you say is that you are able to, to run and grow a purpose-driven business around clean energy by essentially being yourself, doing what you believe is the right thing to do, and let the chips fall where they may, because if we do what we really believe is the right thing to do, people will follow us, right? Absolutely. Again, there's nothing inspiring about having to get up every morning with the boring prospect of having to sell more widgets, unless those widgets are somehow making the world a better place. That's right. Well, I commend you for building a purpose-driven business around what I think is, you know, a logical and scientific call to action around clean energy. If folks wanted to talk to you one-on-one -on -one and just just reach out to you, and you know, they might have questions around how. You can help them on this topic. How can people find you? Well, they could email me. My email is smalink at malinkcorp.com. That's S-M-E-L-I-N-K at M-E-L-I-N-K-C-O-R-P.com. Excellent. Steve, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts around clean energy and purpose-driven businesses and any parting words of wisdom uh, you have for entrepreneurs or executives who want to do well by doing good, I think is the way. Uh, yeah, gosh. I mean, it would be that, you know, attach yourself to a cause greater than yourself. There are lots of big problems out there. I mentioned a few of them, you know, war, disease, poverty, and in different ways, maybe you can align or, again, attach yourself to those larger causes that will get your employees, you know, will get them more motivated to make your company successful. Attach yourself to something greater than yourself. Yes, yes, exactly. Excellent. Thank you so much, Steve. All right, Ben. Uh, well, thanks a lot. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. If you want to explore growth topics, uh, you can find me on our website, realignforresults.com, or just email Benno, B-E-N-N-O at realignforresults.com. Thank you. Keep growing. You can listen to more episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google. We would love for you to subscribe, rate, and review it. Share it with your friends or colleagues if you enjoyed the content. Always growing.